Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talea Dendi. I am a 10-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. This podcast is about sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who made it on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complementary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. My name is Talea Dendi, and I am the host of this podcast. Today, our very special guest is Tess Scott. Tess is a former Black sheep turned Jesus girl. She is the mom of eight boys. She is a spunky Grammy with a heart above the eye, and she's a breast cancer survivor. Using both humor and vulnerability, Tess shares her life as a speaker, an author, and an encourager of women. Her first book, Listen, Sister, Finding Hope in the Freak Show of Life, launched this June. It's an hilarious collection of short personal stories that turn awkward memories into much-needed encouragement. Tess continues her life of hilariously awkward moments in Sarnia, Ontario, to the ongoing embarrassment of her family. Wow, what an introduction, Tess. (laughs) It is so nice to have you with us today. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, Talea. I'm really looking forward to this. Thank you. I am as well, Tess. Just just your bio and the information that you shared has piqued so much interest in your story, your family. And I would like to know later on in our conversation how you're able to keep the humor going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, Tess, please, let's start out with, you know, you were diagnosed with breast cancer. Please share with us a little bit about your journey with breast cancer and how it impacted your family at that time. Okay. So it's interesting, the timing of my diagnosis. I had, my husband Rick and I had been married for 10 years and then divorced. So he had the family and I was devastated it wasn't my first rodeo. I've been married a few times. Like he was my third marriage, three, three, which seems like a lot. I know it's a big number. And uh, so I was not impressed, obviously. And it was horrible. And uh, so we were divorced. We were separated, then divorced four years. And then our, our relationship was reconciled. Like he came back into my life. Uh, we dated for months and then we were married again, which is like the biggest miracle in my life. I'm so, so thankful. I prayed every day that that would happen. Like he's, it's just amazing. So amazing. So we were married on September 9th. And then on September 30th, three weeks later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. Tess, how did that impact your engagement, your upcoming wedding? Yeah. Well, we had been like, we got married. We just, we just got married at the church in the pastor's office. There was not a big wedding. Normally I think fourth marriages are not that big of affairs compared to like first and second marriages. <laughs> I, get Sorry, it. I have to joke around about it, but <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we were married, but 
it was, I think the timing of it, I mean, I was angry, right? I was mm-hmm. like, are you kidding God? Like, first you give me this most amazing gift ever of my family back together. And I am on cloud nine. And then you take my health. Mm-hmm. Like, how can this be right? How can this be the best timing? Like, I was just really angry at first and scared. Yeah. I mean, anytime someone says the word cancer in, in you in the same sentence, like it's scary, right? So I was scared. I was angry. I thought it was the worst timing ever. It didn't affect our relationship in a negative way. Like he didn't back out. So, you know, he'd already married, but (laughs) too late, buddy. Um, You're stuck. Yeah, you're stuck. That's right. But we didn't know it was just a routine mammogram. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. there was no signs. There was no, I couldn't feel anything. Even the surgeon couldn't feel anything. It was just thankfully just a routine check. So yeah, it was interesting timing. Very interesting timing. And I can understand all of those emotions that you felt. They're very valid. And that's how it is when you hear those words. It's just a flurry of different emotions. And um, they come at you pretty quick. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you think you know how you would feel. Mm-hmm. I think everybody we by now we all have someone in our lives who has been diagnosed, even if we haven't had cancer. So I can maybe I sometimes thought, well, I know how that would feel. You don't know how that feels. <laughs> Nobody right. knows how that feels until it's them. You know, I think like, oh, I would be so brave. You know, I'm not that brave. <laughs> you know, We find out quick. <laughs> we find out quick. It is. Um, and, and those feelings may not stay. Yes. Right. I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry at God for a year or anything like that. But just initially, like what you're in that kind of shock phase and you don't know what the future is going to look like. Yes. For a while. So true. And in life, we all walk around thinking we know what the future is going to look like. You know, we really don't, but we think we do. So it's just a reminder. That's right. We yeah. don't know. We don't I know. think we walk around and we, we feel that way or think that way just because it makes us feel better. Yes. <laughs> but we yes. don't, we don't know. Yeah. Tess, what was the hardest part of your cancer journey? The hardest part, I think, was losing my hair. Mm. So I think because everybody sees that part. I mean, I had some pretty cool wigs. Um, long red hair, kind of Reba McIntyre <laughs> thing going on. Like, so I had a, a mastectomy, mm-hmm. but nobody could tell that. First of all, I'm not like, I didn't have big breasts to start with. So okay. it's not like I'm someone who had this big cleavage hanging out. So no one <laughs> would really know if right. they, you know, that I can hide that very easily, but you can't hide that you lost your hair. You know, in the summer, I was always afraid the wind's going to blow it off or you go swimming or, I mean, there's, it's just not as easy to hide. And then when it started to grow back in, it was all gray. Are you kidding me? I got a grandmother, but I don't need to look like I'm a grandmother. Yeah. So that was kind of hard on my uh, ego or something. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the hair, the hair part was the hardest for me and having it fall out, like, cause Mm -hmm. it doesn't just all fall out it's like in clumps and mm-hmm. you know you wash your hair and there's hair in the drain and I don't know like when is it gonna fall out is it gonna fall out today how come I still have hair how come I, I don't know it was just a psychological thing I think it's I had a friend who said to me people talk about fighting cancer but I'm and she had cancer before me different kind and she said I'm going to tell you that the fight 
is in your brain. Yes, absolutely. I could not agree more. And, and Tess, I can relate to the hair part too, because thankfully I didn't have to shave my head, but my hair, I didn't realize it, but my hair had was so much a part of my identity. That's what people knew me by. And to see it start to come out towards the end of my treatment was very traumatic. Like I said, I, I, thankfully I didn't have to shave my head, but it had come to a point where I had to cut it down. Yeah. And when that's a part of who you are and kind of what you're known for, it's like, wow, I'm really losing a part of myself. Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder if that part, I don't know if that part's easier for men than women, because like I was working in the fire industry, a lot of firefighters shave their heads. Okay. So, but not a lot of women do, Mm -hmm. you know, but, and maybe it's not the same. My husband wouldn't like it if he lost his hair like, like that. So maybe I'm, maybe it's not, maybe it's the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was hard. That was hard. And I, for me too, it was a big realization that choosing to cut your hair is a lot different than having to lose your hair or cut your hair, not by choice. And so I think there's some resistance there because Mm -hmm. this, that's not what you want. That's right. None of this is what we want. That's Mm -hmm. the thing. Like I, I would not choose, we would, none of us would choose this if we had a choice who That's would, right. who would say, yeah, step right up, get your boob hacked off or whatever it is. Like <laughs> nobody's going to say, yes, please give me cancer, you know? Right. So, but there was lots of things that I'm thankful in it and things that I learned from it. So while I would never want to live it again mm-hmm. or have anyone I love have cancer, I can say that I've grown and learned through it. So for that, I'm thankful. That's wonderful. And we always try to come out of these situations looking on the bright side. And Mm -hmm. so I want to circle back around to what you learned in a moment. But one thing that's, I think, very important for people to know and to understand is, was there a time when you lost faith? And Mm -hmm. if there was, how did you get it back? Yeah, probably like lost faith, I would say sometimes several times a day, (laughs) but never Mm -hmm. totally lost faith. Like, you know, I always knew God had me, but you don't know what that's going to look like. Right. I know God could reach down and heal me. I mean, he raises the dead, but is he going to, I don't know if he's going to, cause I don't know if that's the best thing for me. So there would just be you know, please don't make me have chemo. I don't want to lose my hair. And then I have to have chemo, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but not like a big, like I, I just lost my faith, yeah. not a big thing like that, but it wasn't, it still wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. It's never easy. It's never easy. I agree, Tess. And there's those days when it's just harder than others. Yes. And you have to really dig deep on those days and just hope that the next day is a little bit better. So mm-hmm. yeah. I want, I want to talk about Tess, the treatment options that you decided on. Mm-hmm. You shared with me at an earlier time that you opted for surgery, chemo and Herceptin. Yeah. Why did you choose those? Well, I had surgery. I decided to um, only have one breast removed because the other one was fine. Um, I could have had both at the same time. I mean, I am very fortunate that I live in Canada 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So in Canada, although we pay a bazillion dollars in taxes, our healthcare is because I've talked to other people who have had cancer in the United States and it's a lot, it's expensive. Yes. Healthcare is a lot. So I'm, I'm thankful to God that, uh, that I live here for that reason. I did have a mastectomy on one side because I had no choice. Really. They said you have no choice. So I just mm-hmm. did that. I did not want to have chemo. Okay. Yeah. I came out of that appointment saying, I am not, I do not care what you say. My husband's mm-hmm. with me. He's just letting me say whatever I want to say. He's such a good man. He just lets <laughs> me go on and on in my big tirade about it. Mm-hmm. And my daughter-in-law called me or I called her. I can't remember on the way home. And she has three grand, three of my grandkids. They have three kids. And I said, this is what's happening. And they want me to have chemo at the end, but I'm, I'm not going to. And she said, okay, well, I'm going to let you tell your granddaughters that you're not going to, you can tell them that, you know, they might have to live without you because you didn't want to lose your hair. Oh, (gasps) wow. (laughs) Wow. She pulls no punches, Mandy. (laughs) That's right. She's a good girl. She is a good girl. She's been in our family for, I don't know, 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's been since she was 16 years old so she's like a daughter to me and uh she just says it like it is <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's no uh fluffing it up with her and so I thought about it on the way home and by the time I got home I thought yeah she's probably right <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't look at those little girls and tell them that oh, you know that's understandable yeah and at some point Tess were you upset because Mandy you know, um, worded it that way? Did you feel any guilt related to it? I know sometimes people feel pressure from their friends or in family to make a certain decision. Did you feel that way in the moment? Yeah, I thought I was mad. Yeah. <laughs> in the moment, I was mad. But you know, it was, it was a good hour drive home. So I had time to cool down. <laughs> and my husband was with me, he talks peacefully to me. So I, I'm more, nice. um, yeah more animated than him for sure. So he can calm me down, but she was right. Yeah, she was right. But I needed to get through that and to accept like, you know, what's more important to me, I'm going to lose my hair. But my diagnosis, you know, I have a better um, chance of survival. If I have chemo. I understand. Mm -hmm. Is that really worth it? Yeah. yeah. It's everybody has their own, their own they decision do. to make. And, and it's fine. Whatever that decision was, she would have forgave me for it probably. If I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that was, a, that was a deciding factor because it kind of jolted me and out of my little pity party I was having at the moment mm-hmm. to think like, okay, there's other people in your life that you have to consider besides yourself. Yes. You know, you have all these grandkids, which I forget how many I had at the time, five or six or something. And, and your husband, that mm-hmm. you just married <laughs> and True. your kids because True. we have eight boys and all their wives and all this stuff. So it's a big family and it's not just about me yeah. and whether I don't look good in short hair. Yeah. So true, Tess. And when you were talking about that just a moment ago, your grandkids, your kids, your husband, I immediately thought about, wow, she has so much love, so many people Mm -hmm. cheering for her, you know, so that I would think would make it a little bit easier. Oh, yeah. Big, Mm -hmm. huge support and lots of girlfriends. I mean, one of the best things that I've had is I had the day that I came home from having a mastectomy. So Mm -hmm. I was laying on the couch in our living room. Do you call it a couch or a sofa? 
a couch. A couch. Okay. Yeah. Couch. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there's different words. In your <laughs> exactly. <opinion>. Yeah. <laughs> so having a pop. No, that's exactly. A soda. soda. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I'm all feeling sorry for myself, you know, and, and I wasn't even sore yet. So like they send you home. I had surgery at noon. I left the hospital at four. How no way. insane is that? Yeah. But it didn't cost me anything. So, you know, you weigh it out. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. It seems strange. And someone came to the door. My husband answered the door and it was uh, a friend of mine, Annette. And Annette had had breast cancer and a mastectomy, I think four, four years or three, three or four years before me. So she came to the door carrying this uh, box of cupcakes and every cupcake looked like a little breast with a nipple on top with a red (laughs) jelly bean or pink (laughs) jelly bean. (laughs) Now, not everybody can do that to their friends, but she could because she had been there. Big difference. Big difference. Do not try this at home if you have not already (laughs) experienced this. However, it's so important to walk with people who are coming after us, who are going through the same types of things. Not that you know exactly how they feel. You know, every like things are different in her life than mine, Mm -hmm. but she knew she understood some of it. So even when I was waiting for the diagnosis, I mean, I reached out to her right away because I thought, ah, Annette's been through this. She knows what this means, you know, and so Mm -hmm. she could walk through it with me and she was straight with me. She did not give me like, oh, it's probably nothing. You know, I had some friends who had not had cancer who said to me, Oh, I had a mammogram and they brought me back for extra tests and it was nothing. It's probably nothing. Well, it wasn't nothing. It's annoying when people do that. Yeah. They kind of write, Oh, you'll be fine. Will I I be fine? How do you know that? You know, (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear that. Yeah. So she could be honest and say, well, this is what happened to me. I hope that it's fine. It might be, and it might not be. And this Mm -hmm. is, you know, and she could like walk through it and and I want to be that person to other people that come behind me, right? Yeah. Follow it's along so, behind, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And it's always a blessing when you have someone like that in your life mm-hmm. um, who has been through that before. Like you said, they're not going to know every ins in and out. And yeah. your experience is not going to be exactly like theirs, but they can kind of guide you. And yeah. like you said, they know how to talk to you in a certain way, you know, that it's not condescending or it's not, you're not feeling like you're being blown off. So that is so important. Mm-hmm. And the empathy, it's a different kind of empathy yes. that you have when you've already been through it. Absolutely. Tess, I want to talk about what was the most remarkable part of your journey? Mm-hmm. I think the most remarkable thing was, like I said, in the beginning, when this happened, I thought this is the worst timing ever. Mm-hmm. Like I remember just like shaking my fist almost at God, like this is the worst timing. You give me my husband back. And now I get breast cancer. Like it was just terrible, but in the end, so, you know, a lot of times we learn years later, sometimes yes. we never understand the reasons why, and we won't until, you know, we're with Jesus, but mm-hmm. sometimes we do, we are allowed to see why not why, but see different things in what happened. And so I could see that that happening then allowed my husband to show me that he loved me, like allowed Mm -hmm. him to take care of me because I had no choice, but to let him take care of me. And he had to wash my hair, you know, Um, it allowed my kids to see, you know, dad loves her. 
right? Yeah. You know, because it, it was probably scary for them when he came back, like, is this for real and all that? But everybody got to see that, like, he was in it for the, for the long haul. Like he yes. was forced into it. Like he, I mean, yeah, of course he could have bailed. That would have been pretty crummy, but um, I, I had some times that I felt really bad about it. And, you know, there's a lot of emotion. That's right. A lot of hormone through this. And I, and plus in menopause, so hormone through the wazoo, man. And mm -hmm. uh, I said to him, like, you didn't know when you married me, you didn't know this was going to happen. You didn't know you were going to marry somebody with cancer and one boob and no hair and all these things. And mm -hmm. I'm feeling all sorry for him, feeling sorry for myself, but trying yeah. to mask it as feeling sorry for him. And um, so he'd be tricked. And, he, <laughs> and this is what he said. He said, Tess, when I married you, I knew I'm going to be with you until one of us dies. We're going to be together till we're old. One yeah. of us is probably going to have to take care of the other one at some point. Mm -hmm. Wow. What you a know, blessing. It was such, it was a, a gift right there that you can say all you want, what you're going to do, how much you love somebody. But when push comes to shove, like just that living it, even though he thinks it wasn't anything, like he'll say, I didn't really do anything. Like I made tea, Ooh. I, you know, made meals, I cleaned the bathroom, whatever, all those things. But it doesn't seem like anything, I guess, if you put it in a flow chart, but right. it was, <laughs> it really was. You rubbed my feet, you, mm -hmm. whatever, it, you know, just all the kindness. He took time off work. He stayed home. He took care of me, drove the kids around all those things. So I love yeah. that. And Tess, that is so important for the people out there who are caregivers to hear mm -hmm. that no matter how small you think what you're doing and your contributions are, they mean the world to the person who you're caring for. So I think that's so important to share that. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. Tess, going back to what you said earlier, what are some things that you learned? I learned that I think the biggest thing, and not just in this situation, is to keep your head full of truth. You know, the things that you meditate on, the things that you read, whether like I like to keep um, the Bible in my head. So I, because that's the only thing that I know that I know that I know is true. I can mm -hmm. get sucked into social media. Right. We all can. That's we all right. do probably. <laughs> and yeah. because you go on, I'm just going to go on and check one thing 20 minutes later. And if I'm reading things and they suck me down this rabbit hole of things that may or may not be true, but are just a distraction. They're just a yeah. distraction in life. Then that's what's in my head. And that's what's circling around in my brain all the time, all the time, all the time. And I'm worrying about it. I'm thinking about it and I need to keep knowing what's true. So something that I've done that I found that's really, I think really important is I journal. Mm -hmm. So I, sometimes I just write a couple sentences, you know, what I saw, what happened that day, what I saw God doing, what I'm praying about, um, three things I'm thankful for, right? Yes. Gratitude is key. Absolutely. Gratitude is key. And sometimes I read like months or even a year later or years later, like, and I think, wow, I was so upset worrying about whatever it was. And it never happened. That's right. right. And think of like, I prayed every day that God would reconcile my marriage because I knew he could, mm -hmm. but I didn't know if he would right? He doesn't always, yeah. it's not always best, but then like four years later he did. Wow. So I think 
that keeps in my mind that plays over and over on a reel in my mind. What do I know to be true? I know God is always faithful. Mm -hmm. I know I asked him, I didn't want to have breast cancer, you know, please make that test come back negative. Nope. Positive, but that's okay. I'm okay. And even if I wasn't, that's okay. Yeah. Right. Easy for me to say today. I understand that, Mm -hmm. but I, but I've learned so much through that and I've seen God be faithful in so many ways in my life. Like, like my life is a freak show. That's the title of the book. (laughs) So there's a lot of things, not just this. And, and what do we know to be true? What have we seen in the past? Because that's what's, you know, we know how God acts in the future. He never changes. So he was faithful then he'll be faithful later. That's so true. And I love how you worded that because it, you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And like you said, just medit meditating Mm -hmm. on he's faithful. Yeah. He's faithful. And before you know it, you look up a year has gone by two years has gone by and boom, four years, there's your husband saying, Hey, let's reconcile. Let's get back together. Yeah. So perfect example of that. Yeah. I'm so thankful. Tess, one thing that I really like about you, as I stated earlier, was your humor. Mm. How has humor shaped your outlook and your life? Well, humor is kind of my, probably always been my personality, I guess, because I can, I can share things with humor. I can share things that are hard and I can be really vulnerable because I can just make fun of myself or, you know, I can share a story that's really funny that has a hard truth. Nobody wants to read about things that are sad and hard, or it's maybe Mm -hmm. not nobody, but it's, it's hard to hear things that are hard and, and scary and, um, and difficult, but if you can add humor to it, I just think it's easier. It's like, it makes it easier to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I found that humor is a great way to connect with people. Oh, for sure. It kind of takes down some of the, the walls or the barrier, so to speak. And it lets people see that you may have good intentions if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. why speaking is better than texting. Yes. Oh, so true. (laughs) Because I've got into some trouble with things like that before. (laughs) You can, you can say things that you didn't mean because there's no voice inflection and humor. Sarcasm does not come out well in texting. I can tell you that right now. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You need to have, you need to hear someone in real life and know that they're just joking. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Tess, please tell us about your book. Listen, sister, finding hope in the freak show of life. Number one, why did you write it? And what do you hope the readers gain from your book? I wrote it because, well, my life has been a freak show. So (laughs) that's pretty easy. So we have a big family, like I said, of eight boys, blended family, one adopted who's special needs. We've been through a lot of stuff. Some of our boys had addiction issues. We've been married before. So we carry that into the marriage. Then we were divorced, married again. And there's just so much, there's just so much. And people always said like, man, you got to write a book girl, you know? So (laughs) then after our marriage reconciliation, cancer, some other things, I felt really strongly that God wanted me to share my story to encourage other women. Yeah. I didn't know if that meant like my biography, like the story of my life, 
or what. And I didn't know if it meant like share with my friends at church, share with my small group, what that was going to look like. So I just said no, because, you know, I didn't want to do it because it would be hard. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. like doing hard things. Do you <laughs> No. <laughs> um, but God doesn't take no for an answer. So, you know, eventually yeah, I said yes. And what I hope is, so the book itself is a collection of short, funny stories that are all true, mostly embarrassingly true, <laughs> awkwardly true of me growing up or raising kids or our family, that kind of thing that mo- I think people can relate to yes. things that are just normal every day. If you have eight kids kinds of things, and then the thing I learned from it and mm-hmm. with some scripture, and I hope to encourage women that they are not alone. I think that back in the time before, like when I was young, long, long, long time ago, when everything was black and white, (laughs) and I would talk to my friends who also had kids either on the phone, right. And I would hear their kids in the background yelling and screaming, or I'd go to their house and I would see their house is not perfect. Just like mine. Right. Right. But Mm -hmm. these days, I think a lot of people connect on social media and that my friend is not the real world. That's so Yeah. If you're seeing this house on Instagram and it's this beautiful house with the wreath and the pumpkin on the porch, and you're thinking, wow, this girl's life is perfect. Not like mine. I want to tell girls this. If you go into that house and you walk into that girl's living room, there is laundry on her couch, just like at your house. Like it's not perfect. None of our lives are perfect. Mm -hmm. And we have to start being real with each other and saying, yeah, I mean, not like down or complaining, but like, yeah, life is sometimes hard. Mm-hmm. Life is also good. I feed my kids cereal for supper. Sometimes it's okay. They're going to live, mm-hmm. you know, it, we're not all doing these beautiful Pinterest meals all the time. You know, the expectation of the next generation is high that they're, I think that it's going to be easy. Their lives are going to be perfect. And then if it's not, it's terrible. Yes. It's terrible. So I really want to encourage women. And the the layout of the book is all not in chronological order. You can just read one chapter just willy nilly out of the middle of the book. They're only a couple minutes a piece. So you can read it in the bathroom while your kids are yelling and screaming and banging (laughs) in the bathroom door because you probably only have a couple minutes to read. Um, Yeah. And, And that's what I want to do. I want women to know they're not alone. I like that. And it's so important to just be able to take the mask off. Yes. And you touched on so many great and truthful points about social media and just where things are today with the perception of people and how they live and this this image of how we should look. And I, I just think it's time for all of that to stop because I believe that's making people sick too. Yes, yes. Mental health issues are through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tess, as we start to wrap up, what advice do you have for people that have been diagnosed with cancer and they're just like, I don't know what to do. I just got this news. What are some words that you have to share with them? I hope that you will keep your head grounded in truth. Know what is true. You know, pray. God will give you strength. And I hope that someone who has gone before you, who has experienced this, will come alongside you, that you can find someone to talk to and go through this together with and be honest about your feelings. 
because they're valid, whatever that is. Nobody's journey is exactly like yours. And, and that's okay, but it's, I think it's important to have somebody to talk through it with. And like I said earlier, just the gratitude, like thinking, if you think of three things a day that you're thankful for, three gifts, we call it. And sometimes it's like the smell of grass, like, okay, when someone mowed the grass, smell of fresh cut grass or, you know, chocolate or I don't know, kids laughing, a video of a baby, whatever, you know, all different things. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. Three things a day. If you can write down three things you're thankful for every day, that's a thousand things in a year. Mm-hmm. You know, Great it advice. really, it gets, yeah. And it gets your mind on a good path of thankfulness. Yes. And you said it, mind, mindset. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Tess. And I always ask my guests these two questions, Tess. The first one is, what is something that you've learned in life that you would like to share with the listeners that you may not have already shared with us? Okay. At the, at the beginning of the day, I say, okay, Lord, what are we going to do today? And my aunt bet shared, my aunt bet taught me to do that. And she lived to be 97. She just passed away this year. And every day she would say that, what are we going to do today? Actually, she would say, she would lay in bed and say, well, do I get to come see you today, Lord? And then she said, God would say to her, not today, old lady, I got stuff for you to do. Get up. (laughs) But if you just have that attitude, like, what are we going to do today? Today is a day I want to encourage someone, like give me an opportunity to encourage somebody or love on somebody and just be, just be aware of people outside of yourself. You know, there's so many hurting people in this world. I want to be others minded. Even if I'm having a problem, I want to be others minded. I want to be encouraging somebody. I want, it doesn't have to be anything huge. It can just be like, man, I love that purse. That is, that is nice. Or Mm -hmm. I don't know, just anything. Yeah, that's so true. It's, Mm. I always say it's the little things. And when people are not expecting for you to just say, Hey, your, your purse is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And if you pay attention, they're like, Oh, you know, they're kind of taken aback and they're like, Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh Yeah. I like that. Finally, Tess, what's next for you? Well, the book launched in June. So that's exciting. And I'm doing speaking. I'm hoping to speak more places at more churches, going around and speaking to ladies and starting book number two. And I just hope to encourage women everywhere I go. Wonderful. And you're doing a great job. I love the book. And I would like to encourage others to look it up and buy a copy if they're interested. Tess, where can people find you if they want to get the book or they want to learn more about you and all the amazing things that you're doing? Yeah, you can find me. um, Well, my website is easy to remember because it's tessscott.com. So three (laughs) S's in the middle, tessscott.com. Then you can't forget it. And the book is available everywhere. Books are are sold like Barnes and Noble, Kohl's, Chapters, Walmart.com. I saw it, which freaked me out. It's Mm -hmm. weird to see your name. It's very surreal. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And the picture of me laying on the grass face down. Yeah. (laughs) Which I like. That's funny. It's so fun. (laughs) It's so fun. So yeah, you can do that. Thank you. Thanks for having me on Talia. Absolutely, Tess. It was my pleasure. And I could talk to you forever. Um, I just, I love to laugh. So um, just being able to make that connection with you was great. I want to thank you, Tess, so much for joining us today and sharing your story and giving us so many encouraging thoughts and words. 
Thank you so much. You're welcome, Tess. And before we end today, I would like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you appreciate the show, drop a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For notes from the show, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. After you check out the show notes, head over to my gift shop and show yourself or someone special in your life some love with gifts of encouragement, hope, and positive affirmations. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon. Thank you.